0: The following is a sermon from the Vicar and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure foundationorg Our passion reading this morning comes from Mark chapter 14 and 15. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them again he denied it after a little while those standing near peter near said to peter surely you are one of them for you are a galilean he began to call down curses and he swore to them i don't know this man you're talking about immediately the rooster crowed the second time then peter remembered the word then peter remembered the word jesus had spoken to him "'Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times.' And he broke down and wept. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. "'Are you the king of the Jews?' asked Pilate. "'You have said so,' Jesus replied. "'The chief priests accused him of many things.' So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner from whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews, Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed over to be crucified. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. I swear to God, I do not know that man you're talking about. Peter's world had been flipped upside down in a matter of hours. See, Jesus was now standing trial, and it didn't take a legal expert to realize that it was not looking good for Jesus. The religious leaders wanted him dead, and they were going to stop at nothing to make sure that that happened. And and Peter must have been confused, because just think of what he had gone through in the last few hours. He was at that Passover meal where he heard Jesus talk about being betrayed. Then Peter saw firsthand Jesus suffering in the garden. Then those soldiers came to arrest Jesus. But Peter was ready. Peter was ready to fight to defend Jesus. And Peter knew just how powerful Jesus was. He knew that these soldiers stood no chance. But but Jesus doesn't put up a fight he willingly is taken into custody. And now Peter's here in this courtyard waiting to see what the verdict of this trial is. Peter was scared. Peter was confused. And and it's in this moment where Peter denies Jesus. And, And it's in just a matter of hours that Peter goes from being the disciple who said, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you, to calling down curses on himself and swearing, I do not know this man you're talking about. And, and it's easy to see why Peter would want to keep a low profile in this situation. See, after the after the, the soldiers had come to arrest Jesus in the garden, Peter, along with the rest of the disciples, had fled. But now, Peter had come back and following Jesus to this courtyard, to the high priest's house where this trial was taking place. And this trial was an all-night process, so Peter was waiting. He was trying to be as comfortable as he could in that situation. He was there trying to warm himself by the fire, just trying to blend in. And that's when the servant girl recognizes Peter. She, she knew Peter had been with Jesus, so she asks him about it. And all of a sudden, Peter is very uncomfortable. And, and Peter tries to play it cool. He tries to brush it off. Like I, the first time he denies Jesus, he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And and he even leaves the fire. But the servant girl is persistent. She follows him and again she says, no, I think you are one of his disciples. Jesus or Peter denies Jesus a second time. And now there's a little bit of a crowd around him because other people are saying, No, you must be one of his followers because you're a Galilean. And, and this is where Peter, in, in a moment of, of fear and frustration, calls down, calls down curses on himself, swears to God that he does not know who this man is. What makes this probably so surprising is, well, obviously Peter knew who Jesus was. And in fact, even throughout the Gospels, you have Peter giving these incredible statements of faith about Jesus. Even, even if some of the other disciples are, are confused, when, when, when Jesus asks, Mark records for us, when Jesus asks his disciples, Who do you say that I am? Peter's the one who says, You are the Messiah. Peter believed this. Peter loved Jesus. But I think that statement, that was really easy for him to say to Jesus. That that was easy to say when it was just the disciples around and other followers of Jesus. At that moment, it was convenient for him to follow Jesus. But now... That as, as it's a little un, more uncomfortable for him. As he's surrounded by this danger and he realizes that his life might be at risk, Peter does not, it's not as convenient for him to be a follower of Jesus. So, so and, and the, the, the thing is, Peter said that statement. He was ready to die rather than disown Jesus. But, but these, this denial of Jesus. Doesn't come at the tip of a sword. It doesn't come from some judge. It doesn't come in front of some judge who's threatening a death sentence. No, it's a servant girl who asks Peter an uncomfortable question. Peter's faith is challenged and and he crumbles. It's in that moment when he has this confrontation that he denies Jesus. So I have a question for you. What do you do when someone challenges your faith? What what do you do when it it becomes uncomfortable for you to be a follower of Jesus? Because it's easy when when we're in this group with our brothers and sisters in in Christ to confess our faith. It's easy for us to do. It's a little bit harder when, when, when we're challenged on it. Um, just, just for, and it's not something that I think we do out loud, where we're saying, "I don't know Jesus," "I don't know Jesus." But I think we do it without even noticing it. For example, if someone asks you at work, "Hey, how was your weekend?" You, you might give them an answer like, "It's good. I had some chores to do. I got them done. I hung out with my family." Do you ever mention that that you were in church on Sunday? Or, or maybe it, it's it's hard when when. It's easy for us to confess our faith and proclaim Jesus when we're surrounded by believers. But what happens when instead of believers, we're surrounded by people who think that Christianity is foolish? People who think that Christians are ignorant. I think it's at these times where we're much more comfortable trying to keep a low profile and just blending in. And without noticing it, we, we start to deny Jesus. We, 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 don't want, we want to keep this a secret. So, so when that happens, do you always boldly proclaim Christ? Or instead, do you sidestep the question, shrug your shoulders, say, I don't want to get into that right now. See, But this, this text kind of serves as that rooster crow for us. When well, we see our, our sin, and we recognize how serious, how, how often we deny our Savior. Peter has that moment of realization. He hears the rooster crow, and that's when Peter remembers everything that Jesus had said to him. He, he, remember, he realizes that he had just disowned Jesus. He had just disowned his Lord. He had just disowned his friend. Jesus was about to face death. And now one of the last things that Peter did before Jesus died was, was call down curses on himself and try to separate himself from Christ. That's why when Peter heard that rooster crow, he remembered Jesus' words. Peter, you will disown me three times. And that crow from that rooster, it broke him. He's weeping out of the guilt that he feels. Peter had come face to face with his sin. If only in that moment, Peter had remembered the rest of that conversation that he had with Jesus. Jesus. Because before Peter made that statement that I will die instead of deny you, Jesus says these words to his disciples. You will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. I don't think Peter realized what Jesus was saying in that moment. I don't think Peter understood what those words meant. But Jesus knew what those words meant. Jesus knew that, knew that Peter was going to disown him. He knew that Peter was sinful. And, and that's why Jesus knew that he had to be that shepherd that was going to be stricken. He was going to die. And then he was going to rise to save sinners, to save his wandering sheep, to save Peter... And to save you. In, in this scene in this courtyard, Mark has this, this, this contrast that, or we, there's this contrast that's going on. As Peter is shouting, calling down curses on himself to try to distance himself from Jesus, Jesus is standing in that courtroom, remaining perfectly silent to bring Peter closer to him, to, to bring us Closer to him, to take on all of our sin and pay the price for it. Our good shepherd is going to lay, is laying down his life for his sheep who are wandering. He, he's ready to suffer torment, ridicule, pain, torture, and death for, for these people who, who disown him, for, for people who often act like they want nothing to do with. In, in, the, in the gospel, we, in the passion reading, we heard Pilate ask Jesus in that moment, are you really the king of the Jews? Because Jesus didn't look like a king as he was standing there bloodied and beaten. But he was the king. The king who was there to win a victory for his people. A, a king who was ready to die for a people who were dead in sin. If it's a people who are dead in sin, a people who do nothing but want to stray away from him. But but there's an intense love, an intense faithfulness that drives Jesus. Because even when, when our faith falters and, and we disown Jesus, Jesus' love and compassion never faltered. He went all the way to that cross to pay the price for our sin. Our ransom price, when, when you think of a, a ransom being paid, when you hear about it in the news or something like that, usually a ransom is paid by someone who loves the person who's being held captive. But usually there's a relationship both ways there. That person who's captive loves the person who's ransoming them or paying that ransom price. People don't pay ransoms. For people who hate them. Or for people they don't like. They don't pay ransoms for for their enemies. But that's the incredible thing that's happening here. Because because of our sin, we were God's enemies. But Jesus paid that price in full. This is your Savior who now calls you His own. This is your Savior who has put His name on you. And and He shows the incredible love that He has for us. The incredible faithfulness that He has. And it's this love and this faithfulness that that enables us to stand up and boldly proclaim, I know my Savior. I know that Jesus has died for my sins. I know that, that I'm not always faithful. I know that there are times where I disown Him but I know that His death has paid for my sin. I know that His resurrection has, has, assures me that my salvation is won. I know that I can turn to Him and always find love and forgiveness. I know that man. I know Jesus. I know, he is my Savior. Amen.